Too soon. <laughs> there we go. And we are live. <laughs> you are live. You are live. Well, you know, I'm glad about one thing. And the one thing I'm glad about is that we don't have any problem talking about something for the week. Uh, for both of us, we were preparing something for either yesterday or today. So we'll be able to tell our listeners about those two things. Yeah. Miss Ruth. Yes, we miss our buddy. It's not, it's not the same when she's not there, but oh, it is I not the same when we don't have our buddy. <laughs> I promised her we would, we would do a good job. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't embarrass her. Embarrass her right? <laughs> we're not gonna embarrass her. We're gonna have a really good show. That's what we're gonna, we what's our, what's our do. behave. <laughs> well, it's never the show. It seems like we always have some kind of crazy issues that, that will come up from time to time. But not today. Not today. Today is no, we're gonna speak live over this computer, <laughs> all that. <laughs> it's gonna be a good day and a good day. I am not on my phone tonight. I am on the computer. Oh wow. Okay. Well, it's it's going to work and it's going to be fine. And yep. You got everything set up the way yes. that you need to so yes. that you don't freeze and go away and leave me. Yep. And if I do, you know what to, what I'm gonna do. Switch over. Yep. Yeah. But so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. You know, did you get a calendar? We have a calendar, I think, that is going to tell us who we got coming up and what we yeah. have coming I up. I read it and I opened it up and I did. I looked at it a little bit earlier today. Yes. So uh, Ruth is is good about that. What yeah. do we do without our friend, our friend and our sister? Yeah. And we've got that. I see she's got um, some tips coming up on June the fourth. Our first, uh, okay. first one in June, and uh, we have a Samantha Creech coming in in May, and Kanisha Everett coming in in May. So we've yeah. got a full calendar. I'm looking forward to our Mother's Day um, presentations or whatever we're going to do. I'm looking forward to that too. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And that will be here very, very soon. Exactly. I'll tell you what, this time is going by real, real fast. I'm telling you. But I'm I'm real excited about everything that is that is on the horizon. And um we I think we're ready to go. Yeah, I think so too. And gets us started. I think we can go ahead and start our start our program tonight. Yes. Mr. Chaffins. Where are you?
Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Authors Up. This is your place to be on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. We always have good guests and good information and great topics and things to share with you from the world of writing, and uh, no less this evening. So we are glad to be here, and we're glad that you are here. So thank you for tuning in tonight. And hey there, Victoria, Queen Victoria. Hello, hello, Holly, darling. <laughs> I am well. I am well. Doing well also, I do believe. I am fine. Awesome. That's good. That's good. That's good. We're going to get started as we usually do with our weekend review. And um, I'm going to let you go first. Well, hello, everyone. First of all, welcome, welcome, welcome. Those of you in podcast land and those of you also on SIBN and on Facebook Live. We just thank you so much for joining us. We're missing our buddy tonight who's out of town, but Ruth will be back next week, and we're going to make her proud tonight. We're going to do it. <laughs> yep. My week was uneventful in the week, and um, I ended up the weekend not feeling so great, but today was a wonderful day. I felt better when I got up this morning, and I was able to see my daughter perform this afternoon, and Hi. she was netty in the color purple at the gallery place, uh, did a performance at the Paramount Theater in Burlington, North Carolina, and it was amazing. It was awesome. amazing. Awesome. Oh my goodness, my child! Just you know, I always saw that when from a child, when um, she does the role, she becomes that role. You absolutely, absolutely believe she is that person. So she was netty tonight. She was netty, <laughs> and it was wonderful, wonderful. I, wish I could have gone to see her because I always love to see her perform, and she oh, does a great it was job. Wonderful, and the the play itself, I had never seen the color purple live. You know, I've seen the movie, of course, several times, but I've never seen the play. I've just heard um, excerpts of some of the music, and it was just wonderful. It really was, and the play goes a little bit further, I think, into the story than the book does, just a little bit. And so mm -hmm. I was surprised at a, a couple of things, but it was really, really nice. And uh, a talented group of people who did it. And um, today's show was sold out, standing ovation. So it, it, was, it went really well. And I, I would think there'd be a little bit of sadness on their behalf, because they only did six shows. So yeah. it was really nice. It was really, really good. So That's that was good. it. That That's was good. good. That's good. Well, my week Not was... A busy week. I had a busy week and I yes, did a deep sigh. <sighs> Thank you. Yes, you did. Uh, everything was getting ready and prepping for a reading for his glory, which was on Saturday. And I had a a great time. I had a great time. It was beautiful. Done, but it was something that um that I knew I was supposed to do. And I was yeah. so happy. For the people that came out, I was so happy that there were no storms. It was beautiful. Right. We had a good time. Oh, yeah. So nothing was, I, I just say congratulations on your books. Um, Thank you. I, I just want to be like you when I grow up. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm you look beautiful. You look beautiful and you did amazing with the reading. You are so personable. You're so funny. And the readings were um, just amazing, and they really heartfelt. And and you could just tell God was all in it. And it was it is y'all should get the books. That's all I can say. 
Hi, Jamila. How are you? <laughs> was oh, I'm good to have you tonight. <laughs> well, I, I, I was grateful. And, and uh, now I, I said that I would have to go out and post ready for round two. Uh, because now we're in full swing to get ready for Make It Count in June, June 10th. So I kind of think think that May is going to be our Make It Count month. That we're going to do some really, really intentional things in the month of May. <clears throat> so I don't know what that is. And I'm not sure what that looks like, but I know God has planned. <laughs> so, so we need to just get ready for it. But tonight... Ah, tonight. tonight we got something special for the folks, and that is our guest for the evening, and her name is Ethel Paris Gaynor, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She is a driven, steadfast, executive-level advocate for disability awareness. She is a noted public speaker and trainer. A native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Gaynor relocated to Virginia in 2007. She earned her doctorate of ministry degree from Virginia Union Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology. In addition, she has a master's in education and social work from the University of Pittsburgh and a master's of divinity from Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. A published writer, she is an ordained reverend and works as a mental health therapist, consultant, and minister. She's got a lot going on. You Amen. She enjoys providing education, advocacy, and training to people with disabilities. Her personal philosophy is embodied in an African proverb, and I love this. And it says, excellence can be obtained if you care more, more, than others think is wise. Mm. Risk more than others think is safe. Dream more than others think is mm. practical. And expect more than others think is possible. Isn't that great? It is. That. This outlook is reflected in her work as assistant pastor at Spreading God's Word Outreach Ministry there in Richmond, Virginia. Yes a believer in service and community participation, Dr. Gaynor is founder of Divine Destiny Disability Ministry. He's also a volunteer mentor for Henrico's Heroes, member of the State Advisory Board for Virginia's United Holy Church, appointed by the governor to the Virginia Board of People with Disabilities, serving on the executive committee and Advocacy Outreach and Training Committee, and has been elected as the chairperson for the board in 2019. She also served on the advisory committee member for the 25th Street Richmond Public Library. Dr. Gaynor is married to Pastor Preston Gaynor and has one son, Lamar, a daughter-in-law, Capri, and grandsons, Carter and Camden. And after we take a short break, we are going to meet this fabulous woman of God and hear her story and talk about her book, Stroke Forward, Life Beyond Disabilities. We'll be right back. It's going to be great.
she is. Welcome, <laughs> Ethel. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. Welcome, and thank you for the beautiful introduction. It kind of took me back, you know, just hearing what has been going on through this journey. Thank you. And nice to meet you both. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I know you were saying, who's that? Did I do all that? Was that me? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is but we welcome you to authors up and you are truly an author that we would love to talk about talk to and talk about so we're just going to jump right in please please tell the audience about your book just tell us about your book and how it came to be yes thank you so much <clears throat> well the book is about my journey as a stroke survivor i had a stroke and or survived a stroke i say that way in April 2007, April 20th, 2007 to be exact. So it's been uh, 16 years. April is, uh, you know, so uh, dear to me because now it's like, you know, I felt like I was given a, a second chance. Amen. And I had moved, we moved to Richmond for me to start working in a job after uh, finishing seminary. And, you know, you don't think that you're under stress and you think that you know life is fine and everything is going okay i was here alone in the middle of the night um had oh. stroke symptoms and for a while you know i didn't think i was going to make it we weren't sure if we were going to stay here in richmond or not and so the book talks about that journey um being a stroke survivor and coming to the realization that you know i felt that god had put so much in me as you read my um a biography or resume a little bit about the my background experience and education. I felt that God had put so much into me into me for me not to continue to do the work that he had called me to do in ministry. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure which way I was going to go. I didn't know anything about disability and ministry intersecting or being together and started doing research. And one night feeling kind of depressed and in, in despair and uh, Wow. Like back was against the wall. I didn't know what we were going to do. I uh, came across a program and a woman was talking and her name was, is um, um, Tony Erickson Tata. And she is a quadriplegic. And yes. her, she's an author. Uh, she does ministry work. She didn't stop. She didn't let her disability stop her. Right. And she does disability ministry. And I thought, oh my goodness, here is somebody doing what I feel like I need to do. And she was interviewing a young man by the name of Nick Vucek. And he is a man who was born with no arms and no legs. And he was talking about the, the awesome stuff that he was doing in ministry, yeah. taking wheelchairs and um, advocating for young people to be against bullying and she's sending wheelchairs all over the world. And so in 2010, well, so I was, yeah, you know, so that night I was, that really helped to change my perspective and my outlook on myself and renew the, my faith in what I felt that God had called me to do. Amen. And you in ministry. And so I, I applied to some uh, seminary, got accepted, and I needed to do a project. I needed to do, um, have some direction into where I was going in the ministry. And so I flew out to uh, Jody's ministry in California. Wow. Back on a plane after having a stroke and went there alone, rented a car. You know, God is just so wonderful. And the trip was awesome. Got to see how they were doing disability uh, awareness and talking about inclusion. And so that was the beginning of my journey 
to, for the outcome of this book. Um, came back, finished seminary, and started Divine Destiny Disability Ministry, and continued to do uh, workshops in the community for people with disabilities and their caregivers, and also churches to educate them right. on the need to be inclusive and to be accessible to people with disabilities. So that's a little bit about how the journey uh, got wow. started. What, what the, how did the book come out? Come about? So you decide to write that. The book came. Uh, some of the book came from the research of my out of my dissertation because I had to do a project, and so I, I interviewed a lot of people, uh, a sample group of people who had disabilities to find out why they were not going to church or why they were not Ooh. going um, to community activities to find out what were their needs and also interviewed churches and some community groups to find out what they felt they were doing to be inclusive. If they were accessible, were people mm -hmm. able to get into the building? Did they have accessible bathrooms? Uh, were the programs, did the programs have large print for those who might have vision uh, impairment mm -hmm. issues? So trying to let the, the so it was like a twofold thing mm -hmm. with the um, individuals just evaluating their needs and also for the church pastors and leaders to start to look at their members and what the needs of the members are. Mm -hmm. And also another thing is, are you, are we the church outreach, doing outreach to people with disabilities? And a lot of times that's not happen, happening. They Churches might not have vans. Right. Um, we moved here to Richmond and we went to visit one church and it, they didn't have a, even a basic thing like a handrail for me to go up the steps independently. So wow. there's, there's a lot of basic things that um, people who uh, are not disabled are not don't think about. Mm -hmm. And so this gives us a time to think about things to be inclusive. Right. I wanted to ask you, Ethel, were you involved in working with uh, the disabled in any way, shape, or form prior to your uh, to having your stroke, or did having the stroke kind of push you and steer you in that direction? So I am a social worker, and um, so I work with people with uh, mental illness, which mm -hmm. is a disability. So. Mm -hmm. um, not working with or aware of the need for uh, the needs of people with physical dis uh, disabilities. I was not aware, had not worked with them, um, had been working with, you know, youth in the school, doing counseling and working in the home with uh, adults and children in the area of mental health, uh, but not uh, physical disabilities, no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that is important too, because a lot of times when you talk about disability, you think just physical, but mental health right. is also a disability. Exactly, yeah. you're so yeah. right. And I think it was interesting, uh, Victoria and I had talked about it prior to coming on the air, that there was a sentence that, that you said about um, the disabled, and you didn't, you didn't say where the disabled could get help, you said where the disabled could get hope. Amen. And I thought mm. that was such, you know, just so interesting. Talk to us a little bit about that, about that that issue of of hope versus help, because I think that there is something yeah. powerful in that. 
Yes, because um, and that's that is so pivotal right now because I come across people. I want to say almost every day, but it's it seems like it's every day, but it's at least uh, twice a month, uh, you know, twice a week, where I'll meet someone, um, and you know, they'll just they'll come up to me and they'll ask me, you know, what happened to you? If you mind me telling, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on with you. And they're concerned about their loved one, their their spouse, their mother, their sister, who has had a stroke or uh, is facing another uh, physical challenge, and they're feeling hopeless. They're feeling despair. They don't want to leave the house. And I feel that the church most definitely should be a place where people with disabilities, either physical disabilities or mental disabilities, can come to receive the hope because we know that, you know, our hope is in Jesus Christ and, yeah. and our faith helps sustain us through the most difficult times. And I, I have to say my faith was shaken. My husband's and my son, they were like, you know, you know, mom, she's loves the Lord and she's, you know, out there working with the, this, uh, working with people with mental health issues and mentoring and doing all this stuff a good person and all that. And so why did this happen to her? And so my husband, he always says, and he has said in the foreword that God trusted me to go through to survive having a stroke because he knew he could trust me with this type of ministry to advocate, to be, to, to help people with disabilities, to have not so to help them have hope, to see that they can help, to see that they're not alone. You, right. And I felt that I was alone initially until you know, I was able to see uh, Joni Erickson and Nick Vucek doing ministry. And I thought, if they could do it, you know, I could do it. So that's that hope. I was at an affair yesterday and a young lady came into the affair in a wheelchair with her caregiver. And she looked around and she, uh, and then she started leaving me out. And I said, where are you going? She said, there's nowhere for me to, you know, maneuver and sit with my wheelchair. I said, you're not leaving anywhere. We are going to move some chairs up and make a space for you. And so that gave her hope. She was smiling. She was happy. And so, and that, that helped her know that. And I told her, I said, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to tell people what you need as a right. person with disability. Right. So that's that um, enabling them to have hope. Right. Not just helping them, but helping them to advocate for themselves and right. learn how to do that throughout this journey. Yes. Ethel, you also said something about families uh, that that when there's a disability, and and I think that is true of any level of disability or or mental health or any of those those issues, chronic illness issues, and all those things, that it can either unify a family or fracture the family, and and. I was looking at that and I wondered if you had uh, any advice in terms of how to keep that fracture mm -hmm. from taking place. You know, is there something that we need to, to be aware of? Because stroke, sometimes mental illness is an overtime thing. Uh, when you have chronic illnesses like Victoria uh, does, it's again, it's an overtime thing. But when a stroke hits, I mean, it it is just there and, and it takes you so, makes you so una, unaware. I mean, when we talk about 
the unexpected things happening in life. That truly one of them. And I know that we now have more information on uh, stroke symptoms, like you, mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier, that you had some some symptoms there. Um, but but as a family member who is dealing with another family member who is going through these things that I can't put my finger on that I don't understand mm-hmm. and all of the changes that go through or go with that, how do I extend what I need to so mm-hmm. that I don't add to the hopelessness or add to the, you know, fear and all those things. What, what can that, what can that other family member do to keep that from happening? That, that is such an awesome and important question because I see that all the time as well. Uh, my husband, <clears throat> you know, he didn't want, and we, as caregivers, you know, they, tend to want to do everything for the person. And so at first he was kind of doing everything for me, but then he he said to me, Ethel, you're going to have to get in the car. You're going to have to learn how to drive. And my stroke was not such that I was not able to see. You know, some people can't drive because their vision is impaired and what have you, but I was able to still, you know, keep my license and be able to drive. Okay. You know, baby steps at a time. But for him, it was helping me be independent. Also, uh, going to stroke support groups with me initially. Mm-hmm. Now I got by myself. Um, it was also, there was a stroke camp that's a national stroke camp that happens once, once, once a year throughout the country. In Richmond, it happens in October. And so he went to the first two stroke camps with me. Now I got, kind of got by myself. <laughs> but he was, you know, he was there to support me in the beginning. And um, that was important for me because, you know, just having that support, but right. not enabling me um, or ha- making me feel handicapped. And that's what we don't want to do to our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Also for caregivers, you know, you know, encourage your loved one to go out. There's a young man that I know his father, he's a barber and his father had a stroke and he's always talking to me about his father not going out. He bought my book for his father. I told him, you know, have your father call me. I'd love to talk to him. And, you know, he just hasn't made that step yet. So it's up to the person to make that first step. But for the caregiver, you know, just don't get overwhelmed. Uh, go to support groups. There are support groups for you to go to along with your loved one. But um, but just know that you are not alone. There are support groups out here to provide you with, um, you know, su- support through conversation. And also there's... Uh, and I talked about this today at church because respite, you know, if you have family members who could take time, you know, can step in for you for a day or a couple of hours so you could, you know, just get out and just breathe, you know, have some time to yourself. Right. So that respite assistance, um, you know, kind of helps through that process as well. But, um, you know, be supportive, um, be kind, be encouraging continue to love that person and let them know that they are loved and that the, and that you, the caregiver, you know, be encouraged for sure. You know, that you, what you're doing is so awesome. Um, you know, right. I'm thankful for my husband because I've heard otherwise, I've heard of people tell stories that, you know, they, they have a stroke and their spouse leaves them and it's just so sad, yeah. but um, they get sick and, you know, the loved one is gone and they're, you know, that adds to their pain. 
um, but uh, you know, I tried to, um, you know, just stay active. My husband said, you're, you're just so busy. You're, you're going all the time. I got back into golfing tomorrow. I leave to go to a church conference. What? Um, I, what? Just keep, what? <laughs> I just keep myself uh, busy. Wow. Wait a minute. <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> so, um, you know, just uh, you are not alone. You're loved. And what you're doing is so important for your loved one. And know that they appreciate it, even if they don't verbalize that they do. Because I know it can be overwhelming. I, I gotta say one thing here before I let before I let Victoria back in here. But <laughs> you, I, I worked. Wait a minute. <laughs> a, I worked with an individual who who had lost her sight; she could not see. And um, one thing, and we have gotten away from it, is is using the term handicap. Mm-hmm. And she, her bowling average was higher than mine. She was dating. She had Thanksgiving dinner for 25, 30 people. She, and I said, you know, she, she's not handicapped. She just can't see. Because <laughs> everything else in her life was just, you know, a hundred. I mean, she was going and doing. And I think that is so important. Uh, that people know and understand that life really is not over. It is not over at all when these things happen. Victoria? Well, I just, I, I want to hear about this golfing stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess my, my question to you, it would be, well, did, uh, were there any uh, residual health challenges you had after the stroke? Because, I, you know, we're looking at you today. You seem like you're talking yes. fine. You mm-hmm. know, are you are you using wheelchairs, walkers, anything like that? And I because I, I couldn't tell, you know, I really couldn't tell by looking at you or talking to you. Yes. Well, thank you. That And that's a good question. And um, so I didn't I do have uh, this stroke did affect the right side of my body. Okay. So I. And I was right-handed, so I had to learn how to write all over again with my left hand. And I look at my writing today, and when I first started, and it was funny because when I went out to visit uh, Joni at her uh, uh, ministry in California, here she writes with a pen in her mouth, and her handwriting is just beautiful. She paints with right. I remember her. And I and I said, Oh my goodness, I'll be I wish I could do that. And she said, Ethel, you know, don't compare yourself. Do what you could do at this time and be happy for what you can do. Don't compare yourself. And that was so important. Wise advice. You know, practice writing, practice writing. So now I can I write with my left hand. I use the computer. And I had to use the computer because I had that job that I came to Richmond for, and I had that job as a uh, outreach director doing uh, here in Richmond. So I had to. They hired me. You know, they didn't fire me after I had the stroke. I stayed on the job for a year. Wow! And so I had to u- learn how to use assistive uh, technology to help me with typing and stuff like that. Okay. Which, which it's all you know on everything now, but it, mm-hmm. yeah. So I do walk with a cane outside in the house. I, I don't use a cane. And my right right leg was a little weak, but it's it's gotten a lot stronger because I go to therapy, I go to the gym, and you know I make it a practice to walk at least five thousand more steps a day. Okay. 
Yeah, and, and you golf. Could you tell us how to golf? Probably, game? Uh, yeah, so I go, I golf with Sheltering Arms, and um, that, so that's a program that works with people with disabilities, in particular strokes. And so they, I started golfing with them probably about nine, ten years ago. Wow. And it was just really, and it, the funny thing is my husband had bought me a set of golf clubs when we were in Pittsburgh and I had no interest in golf, but it seemed like <laughs> I, had to start, you know, I just want to do everything. And it gets me outside. It gets me around other people. Right. Who, and I could, you know, who are not only stroke survivors, but amputee, um, individual people who have am, uh, amputations and right. they're all uh, playing golf. And then they have this uh, piece of golf equipment where you, it lifts you up for those who are unable to stand at all. It lifts them up so that they are able to stand up and golf. So oh. <laughs> my arm is still, right arm is still affected, but I, I use it as much as I can. And right. my leg is still a little weak, but I, you know, I use it as much as I can. And I walk with the cane outside. Yes. Wow. wow. Brandy, welcome to you. I didn't acknowledge Brandy coming on the line tonight. Thank you for being with us this evening. Um, I want to go into divine destiny disability ministry. Yes. Because we were talking a little bit before we came on air about what, how uh, churches will have, and other places, not just churches, but other places have um, uh, are concerned about the physical things. You know, like you said, do I have a rail? Is there a ramp? Uh, are there things that will physically and structurally accommodate somebody with a disability? But that's usually as far as it goes. Right. And, and we had begun to talk about why is that? Why is it that the church you would think would be ahead of the curve um, just because we are who we are as believers, um, but yet some of the tools and things that just are not there to minister to those folks who, who need that hope and not just that help. Um, so tell us how, how you started that. I think it was probably crafted after you uh, met Joni at the summit and all that. But tell us a little bit about how, how you're managing that and how it got started. Because there may be somebody else on the line who has a you know a passion or a desire to help in that area, and they have no clue how to get started or what they need to do. So help us out. <laughs> yes, that that is such an awesome question, and it and it's such an important need for our church to be inclusive. Our church, um, you know, which is made up of members, we are you know, often overwhelmed because there are so many needs, you know, churches right. trying to feed the homeless and then we're trying to, um, you know, work with the youth and, you know, do all the ministry, normal, the regular normal stuff that right. we do outside right. of the church. But I uh, talked today to our church about the need to go outside of the church and what are we doing outside? What are those intersections that we're doing outside of the church. And so Divine Destiny Disability Member Ministry was the outgrowth of one, my going to visit Joni in her ministry in California, but also out of my um, doctor of ministry research at Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology, I had to do a project. And so for me wanting to continue in ministry, I needed to understand more 
uh, what are the needs of not only the church to be inclusive and to be accepting of people with disabilities, but also how people with disabilities are feeling about the church. Why are they not going to church? And I did uh, look at some research and I think it was like 10% of people uh, with disabilities uh, don't feel comfortable going to church on Sunday. They don't feel included. Uh, they don't feel like they would be inclusive. They don't uh, feel like they will be utilized by the church. And I think that the issue with that is that the church, the pastors, the leaders just don't know how to be inclusive. And then you have people coming to church with disabilities. They're feeling uncomfortable about speaking up, about being utilized in the church, right. not knowing where, how their gifts and talents that they have, because we all have them can still be utilized in the church. Right. You can be making phone calls on the prayer line. You could be, you know, usher at the door. You could do, you could be yeah. in a, play an instrument. Whatever you want to do, there is a need for your gift and talent in the church. So um, as a part of my, uh, the program, I had to do a, a workshop. So I did a disability awareness workshop and had speakers come in talking about different things such as um, uh, um, accessibility equipment, equipment, uh, ramps, uh, exercise, meals. Uh, someone came in from Sheltering Arms, talked about their programs. So that was an inclusive program. I had a pastor come and talk about things that they're doing at their particular church. Um, and so that's how it got started. We've, we had, we we're having workshops uh, at least once a year and either a workshop or a ministry type of awareness, including mental health. We would do the church and mental health concerns um, and just trying to educate the church to be accepting and accessible to people with disabilities and to encourage people with disabilities to speak up to your pastors, let them know that you, you know, you have gifts and talents and what you're interested in doing in the ministry. Ethel, when when you talk to other churches, um do you do you find you get much much pushback? I mean sometimes we have really good programs and we know that they're good and we know that they're needed and we kind of think, you know, I'm gonna go in with this and you know I'm going to be what they've been looking for and waiting for all of this time. And yet they don't really embrace it as right. quickly, you know, as, as you think they would. Right. Do, do right. you find that? I think it helps when there is someone in the church who is helping to advocate for a disability ministry in the church. Yeah. Uh, I'm there. Um, I was asked to speak at a church in Hampton. And the woman who asked me to speak is visually impaired. And I went to speak at this church in Hampton and it was phenomenal. Uh, the organist was a young man who was visually impaired, but he, I mean, he just played that organ unbelievably. The ushers were, had some kind of a disability. They had a praise and dance and mime group. I mean, everybody in was doing something, but they were all dis, uh, had a disability. Mm -hmm. And this was the disability where this Sunday. So it helps if there is someone at the church who has a disability who is going to advocate 
for having a disability ministry because right. you need the, uh, the church will need to assess, you know, what are the the disabilities in the church? Mm -hmm. You know, you may have one person who's visually impaired and three people in a wheelchair. You know, they need to do an assessment of what the needs of the congregation uh -huh. are and, mm -hmm. and also assess the church to see if the church is meeting those needs currently or what the what do we need to do as a church? Do we need to have our bathroom updated to be handicap accessible? Mm -hmm. Can people in wheelchairs are they able to come into the building? Are there handrails? So it's a you know having that person there is important and the churches that I have spoken to in the past they have all been except um you know in agreement for this particular need. As a matter of fact, the national conference that I'm going to this week, I spoke to the educational director because a couple of women had written a book and I said, and I had just seen it last week and I called her and she said, well, that was a, a collaborative book that was written and they're gonna be doing the book signing. She said, but if I had known you were interested, I would have had you come and have your book at this signing, but please do come and bring your book. And she said, I did want to talk to you further because it seems like I've heard about you because I have written an article about disability awareness for our church uh, publication, national publication. And she said, and there needs to be more discussion about this on the national church-wide level. And so that was like a major yeah. big help for me. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes, thank Absolutely. you. So I'm looking forward to that conversation on Tuesday morning. Pray for me. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Victoria always has something that she, she likes to say about this time. Sometimes these, these evenings go by so fast. They do. They do. <laughs> my, my tagline, get the book. There you go. <laughs> our, our viewers and our listeners, you got to get this book. This is a very important topic. Uh, Dr. Gaina talks very about, candidly about her experience. And she she lists statistics in this book yeah. that are mind blowing because I, I I didn't know some of the, the things until I read it and um you know I was I was telling her also before the program you know I have fibromyalgia and um you know what they call mine is an invisible disability right mm -hmm. but there are some things that you touched on it and it was really it really touched my heart. It really did. So I, I enjoyed your book and it, it is really, it's a much needed conversation and mm -hmm. I wish you well with your, your book sales and in your, your speaking that you, you're bringing awareness to a topic and I, I know it's going to help a lot of people tell our listeners how they can get the book and how they can get in touch with you if they would, would like to. Okay. And so um, the name of my book is Struck Forward. Life oh, we got a copy. Yeah. <laughs> look at it, look yeah. at it. <laughs> so it is on Amazon. You can get the book on Amazon. And you can also get the book at um em uh, com, the website. Um and my Facebook page is Drug Board Life with Life Beyond Disability. All right. And um so you can con connect with us on Facebook and connect with us on um well facebook and the website <clears throat> periscanner.com all right and email. Thank you. Thank you. 
Very good. Very good. Well, I tell you what, we um we appreciate you being here, Ethel. We we appreciate you writing the book. Uh, because a lot of times we go through things and it doesn't even cross our mind to, you know, to put it down. We have a lot of reasons for not doing it. I'm not an author. I can't edit it. I can't do this. I, can't I don't want to talk about what happened to me. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that, you know, but I, I just applaud you uh, for, for having, you know, life beyond life yes. beyond. Yeah, uh, disability and giving that hope, not just help, and mm -hmm. putting us in a place where we now, if we didn't understand before, we now have a different foundation for the empathy that's needed and the compassion that's needed, mm -hmm. as well as some of the facts that are needed mm -hmm. in order to make a difference where we are and in our community and with people that we we may know. You know, I remember a lady at church that um, uh, she was out of town and she had a stroke. She was at a conference oh, wow. and she had a stroke and um, she would never, people would, would ask her, so how have you been since your stroke? And she said, I had a stroke, but it wasn't my stroke. You know, it's like just her her mindset just would not. She said, "I'm not I'm not taking hold of that." You know, mm -hmm. I had a stroke, but it wasn't mine. That's not mm -hmm. that's not mine. And it really did affect. Uh, the doctors had said that it affected her healing. It mm -hmm. affected the way that she was able to uh, embrace her life. You know, mm -hmm. afterwards. So, thank you. Thank you for doing what you have done to bring awareness to something that is so important. And is it is there are there any final words that you would give our listening audience in terms of um, how to maneuver when you've got this kind of life journey? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> first, I would like to thank you, Author Up um, Podcast, for having me on the show this evening. And some words of encouragement is that you are not alone. There are people out here who are going through something every day. Um, and, you know, like was, it was just being said, a lot of times we don't want to embrace it. We're ashamed of it. And believe me, it took me a while to uh, go back home to Pittsburgh again because I didn't want anybody to see me like that. And it took me a couple years before I went home. And, you know, it's a healing process. Be patient with yourself and know that you're not alone and you are able to continue and have a life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Those are good words. Yes. Those are good, good words. Well, Ethel, thank you again for being with us. Thank you, uh, folks mm -hmm. out there who've been listening to us tonight. You can get uh, a or hear a replay of this broadcast on Saturday at 7 p.m. I think that's our broadcast time. Yes. It is. Every Saturday at 7 p.m. So you will be able to hear this information again. So if you were not able to, if you know someone uh, who is interested in working uh, with the disabled community, if you know someone in ministry who has a passion for this and doesn't know where to get started or uh, 
caregiver, whatever, whatever, be sure to have them listen on Saturday. Come back in and listen. The program will be there uh, at 7 p.m. So, you know, tune in, go back, get some more information because this is something that is not going to disappear. It's not going to go away. And we need to be well-informed and well-armed so we can provide that hope. So that is it for us for tonight. Again, Devil, thank you so, so much for being with us and for sharing your heart and sharing part of your life. <laughs> we really, really appreciate it. Let me ask you one more thing before we let you go. Is there something else in the works um, that you have going on? Is it something with your Divine Destiny Disability um, Ministry that you are pushing forward or is there another another book in the works or <laughs> yes there, there is another book in the works and yes. in the fall and um also the disability ministry the workshop shops had kind of stopped because of covid but mm -hmm. um i was asked today at church to start it back up so we're going to probably uh, look at starting uh, to do another a disability awareness workshop later in the fall as well so and doing those workshops and need, you know, just some practical assistance, feel free to contact me. Okay. Hey, and if there's anything that uh, you would like for us to announce here on Authors Up, we'll be happy to do that. Uh, okay. to keep people informed with what's going on and, and, and what's happening in that world. Okay. All righty. Well, that's it for us for tonight, everybody. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for our YouTube followers and yes. podcast followers and every other kind of follower. We, <laughs> we thank you for being with us. Thank you for embracing Ethel and, and the information that she had for us tonight. Victoria, do you have any closing comments? Because also thank you again, Ethel, for being with us. And if anybody has any questions, concerns, if you um, know anybody who would like to be on a show, or if you'd like to be on our show, please send us an email at authorsup at gmail.com authors up at gmail.com y'all got that okay <laughs> well that's it for us for tonight and guess what guys we're gonna be right back here next week on sunday evening at 7 p.m best place you can be on a sunday evening that's it no other place to be right <laughs> you know, back a little bit and see what else is going on in the world so we'll be here next week 7 p.m please join us if you can bring a friend tell somebody else about the show so that they can enjoy it and then you two can have discussion around it and that's yes. a very good thing expand the information so that's it for us for tonight thank you again for being here thank you ethel and we look forward to talking with you guys next week. Have a wonderful week. Yes. We'll see you soon. Good night, Good night everybody. Good night, Good night. Time, girl. <laughs>